Hey everyone, welcome to a new episode of Decaf. Uh, Taylor is out this week, so we're all thankful. So I have, I was lucky enough to get Ron Schultz to come on here with, to, to do the show with me. So thanks for joining us, Ron. Hey, thanks for having me. And, uh, you know, it's time, it was time for an upgrade. I mean, let's it, 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 it is time for an upgrade. We went from like a, a, a Galaxy 5, like the new iPhone. Um, and I also wore this hat because um, I'm not even a Georgia fan, but Ron's a big Georgia Tech fan. So it's more just a trolling move. I don't even care for Georgia, although I am happy they beat Alabama in the championship. So yeah, it's, uh, it's been a rough uh, couple of months as a, as a Tech fan. I'll just say that. So. It's been a rough couple of months for you just generally as all, all the sports you like seem to have been struggling. That is true. That's true. Yes. Thanks for pointing that but, out. But there's a lot, there's good things on the horizon. You feel good. Your, your, your quarterback's back, even though your star receiver's not. So, I mean, that's something. Yes. Um, so let's start out by talking about something that you actually helped write. Uh, th- there is a new report coming out next week that Beacon did, you did, with Dan Smith and the Perry team at Middle Tennessee State um, about licensing. So we have to wait till the release next week to see it all. But give us some of the high-level takeaways of what this report was about, why you did it, and kind of yep. what some of the findings were on it. Yeah, so I was really excited to be able to work with uh, Dr. Dan Smith and his team over there at Middle Tennessee State. I think we have obviously talked a lot about here uh, about licensing at Beacon, but we've tend to focus on like individual licenses, right? And, and for example, we talked about hair braiding in the past, uh, animal massage therapy, locksmiths, all these like very specific licenses and how they impact people. And of course, it's very important. What this study wanted to do is actually take, let's sit back and look at all of these licenses in aggregate, in total. Like what is the cost on Tennessee's economy? So what we did is, is we did an analysis of what are the costs between schooling, licensing, the actual fees for it, renewal costs, what is the dead weight that this puts on Tennessee's economy? And it's in the hundreds of millions of dollars. So it's basically uh, money essentially taken out of the economy because exactly. of these unnecessary fees that don't have anything to do with safety or health, right? That's kind of part of the reason. Oftentimes, yes. And, and what a lot of people also think, too, is, oh, well, at least these fees are going towards my schools or roads or something along those lines. But the dirty little secret is, is actually, for the most part, these licensing fees stay with the licensing boards, which then administer the license. So it's essentially the state creates all these boards to administer these licenses that collect the fee to run the program itself. It doesn't go into the general fund to pay for schools, roads, prisons, things like that. So we're charging, you know, roughly 30% of Tennesseans hundreds of dollars to enter a profession to get a government permission slip to work. And it's not even going to anything but just administering that license. And we've talked about this too. It it is a way to keep kind of low income Tennesseans out of jobs, right? It's hard for them to be able to meet this threshold. You know, maybe $75 isn't a big deal to me or you, but it it is a big deal to somebody who's, you know, on food stamps, who's trying to get off that, trying to start a business. And we even got to hear the story of, um, of Deborah who uh, does hair braiding and explained that this was a huge issue for her to even start. So, I mean, there's a lot of people that are in low income professions that it's hard for them to even start because of these, these fees. Right, because you also have to keep in mind there's usually some kind of education or hours requirement. So then you've got to give up working usually, right? Or take out debt in student loans to go and get the education and the hours. That's time you're out of the workforce, not earning a living, right? So it creates this high barrier. And and also you think of like, Right now, with it's hard for um, employers to find employees, yep. you have to find people very specific who can fill those jobs then because they have to have, have this license requirement filled out. Like, for example, I was trying to get a haircut 
uh, a couple of weeks ago and I was talking with the, the lady who was cutting my hair and she was talking about how they can't find anybody to work. And the whole problem is, is because we need somebody who's had the 1500 hours to come in. They can't just come in and train them on how to cut hair, right? They have, they already have had to have had this license for them to hire them. So it creates a lot of problems across, you know, the economy as a whole. And that's what this you're kind of politicians that keep talking about, oh, we need to find people to work. Like, we'll get rid of some of the barriers and you can make more people able to work. So right, it just it lowers that cost of changing jobs, getting a better job, entering a new field, all these types of things. Yeah. Well, we're excited to see the report. Also, Dan Smith, the the coolest guy ever. Like I've worked with him for a while and I I keep saying Dr. Smith and he's like, don't call me that. Just call me Dan. You know, so many people want you to call them by their title. So you can tell it's a cool guy. He's like, no, don't use the doctor. Just Dan's fine. So we're excited to see that report. And, you know, and there'll be, I think, uh, Dr. Smith also wrote an op-ed too that's going to be placed, it's going to be run next Thursday. Yes, yeah, we, we've written a couple of together that have some really amazing quotes as well and some research we found like why some of these licenses were instituted in the in the first place, like the barber license almost 100 years ago. And it's pretty fascinating when you find out the real reason behind some of these. Well, we're excited to see it. So let's move on here and um, talk about some more nonsensical regulations. And that is New York City has kind of been the poster child for, I'd say, inconsistent COVID regulations. Yeah. Um, so they they finally got rid of the vaccine mandate. We actually just went, me, me and my wife just went, and they, I didn't ask, they didn't ask me for my vaccine card anywhere. It finally mm-hmm. expired. You don't have to wear a mask in public. So they, it, they were about a year and a half too late, but they, they were finally going in the right directions. But there's still some weird rules that Kyrie Irving, who's a star player for the Nets, um, cannot play because he's unvaccinated at home games. Opposing players can play at home games who are unvaccinated. Fans who are unvaccinated can go to the game, but he can't play. And right. Eric Adams' excuse was, oh, well, just get vaccinated. Like, that, that doesn't show the inconsistency of the rules are insane. So finally, um, Thursday, it will finally end. Kyrie Irving can play. I think that the, the Yankees are about to start their season. Aaron Judge is unvaccinated. I'm sure that probably played a part in it. Mm-hmm. But is this not one of the most insane regulations that you've seen? Not in terms of like, forget the health and safety, forget whether you're, you know, pro-vaccine, anti-vaccine, any of that stuff, but the inconsistency of the rules, doesn't this just kind of show you one of the worst examples of what government does? Well, yeah, I mean, I think it just shows like for one, it's not based upon logic, right? It's based upon some oftentimes what virtue signaling, right? They want to look like they're, they're taking care of these things. And you have, as you pointed out, all the inconsistencies where fans can be there, but he couldn't, you know, and, and obviously he's lost, right? Because I think he gets unpaid for every game that he misses. So he's lost, I don't know, tens of millions of dollars at this point. You know, so I'm I'm sure knowing your betting habits, I'm sure once you heard this news, you you know <laughs> probably put a bet on the Nets because the odds are going to go you know increase because now he can actually play. Uh, I just think it, it, it's just I'm I'm sure most people out there are ready for this to end, right? And and so it New York is kind of like the last vestige I, f- I feel of some of this craziness that we're seeing, and I'm so glad it's finally off the book so we can feel like okay, this is finally going to make more sense now, and and you know. When I, I can't even watch ESPN without talking about vaccine mandates and Kyrie Irving and all this stuff right now. And I just want to be able to watch some sports, you know? Yeah, well, I'm, I'm trying to watch sports. And they're talking about Florida, Florida laws that have nothing to do with anything ESPN related. But right. I, exactly. I, don't, I don't even know. I don't, ESPN has gone way off the deep end. But it's the globalization of everything, you know? I know. And it's dumb because it's not, their fans don't want that, you know? And it just doesn't right. make any sense. But the other question is, like, at what point, do people just get so fed up? Forget the whole vaccine mandate, forget any of those things, but saying this is the easiest common sense thing you could do. How could it be possible that an opposing player can come in and play 
right. that's unvaccinated? How is it possible a fan can be next to, you know, whatever, 20,000 other fans unvaccinated, but that a player who just happens to live in New York can't right. do the same thing? I mean, that's – at what point are you like, this just does – whether you think that the vaccine mandate should be forever, you have to say this is just completely unfair. Even Trevor Noah talked about it. Yeah. At what point do you say, how can you trust a government that does this? <laughs> Well, and two, I mean, we have to keep in mind that these are like people like Kyrie Irving, who's at the peak of physical health and everything too, right? He's an NBA athlete. Like these people are almost, uh, you. They're, they're not even normal people, right? Just because of their physical gifts and talents and, and just their, their bodies are machines, right? I mean, like in terms of their peak physical condition and stuff. And yet, so he can't, just because he lives in New York, Right. And so it's somehow unsafe for him. But as you pointed out, then, but visiting teams, because their players don't live in New York. Right. I mean, and who would want to live in New York for the taxes and all that anyways, you know, I mean, I, I, I don't know. But that's and another so, point because the, the, the peak physical condition thing matters. Right. It's like these are right. the point zero zero one percent of the top athletes in the world. Right. I've not heard any NBA player have any issues with COVID. I mean, they got in it, but there's not been anybody who's been deathly sick or anything like that. Yeah, I mean, I think there was there was one player for like the Vikings who was hospitalized for like a week, I think, and and you know obviously had problems with chest pains and and breathing. Sure. But after that, he was fine, right? Like, I, I mean, they they literally skew the results as it is, and so picking on essentially this weird like dual standard just because he lives in New York City. But these guys who we all know are in top physical condition and health. I mean, was it like LeBron James spends a million dollars a year on just like maintaining his body with trainers and everything? You know, that these guys do this, and, but because they lived anywhere else, they get to play. It's just, it's, it's just nuts. And LeBron so, James' million dollars might be better off in like a history class of how China works. But either way, <laughs> he does do that. Exceeding hairline, I guess. I should <laughs> That's say. right. Yeah. Yeah. Rogan, Rogan would be a better choice for him. Um, so that is the case. But Eric Adams, too, not an insane. I mean, he's not built a philosophy. He's not an insane person, but just, it just shows yeah. that these, these inconsistencies are, I think people are done with him and hopefully moving forward. This makes an impact. I think even, you know, the people on the far left who are, you know, extremely worried would say this is still not fair. So right. moving on, we'll talk about Kyrie Irving's um, alma mater. Duke is in the Sweet 16. Mm -hmm. uh, we have, it's been a very exciting tournament so far. You've had the kind of the St. Peter's crazy upset beating Calipari, right. then knocking off Murray State, uh, our neighbors of the north there. Um, but it's been a very exciting tournament so far. And it's the one year, I think maybe in recent history, I remember, where there's not a clear favorite. It's not even a clear maybe top three. So I guess so far, I know you're, you're a basketball fan too. What has been kind of your biggest takeaway from the tournament and who do you think wins it all moving forward? Um, I think, first of all, my big takeaway, you're right. I think this is what we have seen the past couple of years is just continually we're getting to where there's less and less like dominant teams where you're having, I feel like you're having more and more upsets. You know, this year it's St. Peter's. For a couple of years, it was Loyola, Chicago. Oral going, Roberts last year made the Sweet yeah, 16. Yeah, going on these crazy runs. And I, I wonder if it's just, it's fun in the short run, but I think also it's what also makes college basketball kind of more boring during regular season. I know you love college basketball all year, but I think we're getting to a point where a lot of people are like, college basketball regular season almost doesn't care because it's we're just waiting to see what happens in the tournament in terms of this year i i lean towards villanova i think they're gonna be the team that pulls it i like they at least beat 
you know, Ohio State solidly by 10 points. You know, they obviously beat what has been one of the recent Cinderella stories. They don't have to play Tennessee because Michigan upset them. So that they play Michigan next. And I don't know, Arizona looks shaky too, who's probably who they'll end up playing to get to the final four. So I don't know. I think they're, pro- if I had to, you know, I'm not a betting man like you, but I think they're probably the team that I look at is probably the strongest coming down the stretch for me. So well, I love that pick because I, I mean, also they had the best coach left. In the, I, I think right. they had the best coach in college basketball. I, mean, I think say what you want about Coach K, he's a great coach, but right sure. now I take Jay Wright over anybody in, in, a, in a game. I mean, people forget too, you want to talk about Nova, they were 15 points up on the eventual national champion Baylor at halftime last year during yeah. the tournament without Colin Gillespie, who's back. So, I mean, like, they they, they know how to play in March. So I like right. that pick. Obviously an established program, right, as you point out. Like, they know what they're doing, tough coaching. So that's that's who I've got coming out. I like it. Yeah, and, I mean, this has been one of my favorite tournaments so far. Um, and, and I am usually – like, last year I won my bracket. I did great. I, I had a really hard time. I mean, my Kentucky-Iowa championship game looks really bad right now. Um, but my, my, my Miami to the Elite Eight is still in play, which I'm excited about. Go. Um, so I like, also as, as you and I were talking about beforehand, like, I feel like the tournament this year, while it has been fun and interesting, has actually been overshadowed by the NFL free agency season. Like NFL free agency has almost been like NBA free agency this year. It's been insane. Some of the blockbuster moves trades. It's like every day, something is crazy is happening in the NFL too. So how many star quarterbacks are we going to see on a new team? Like, I feel like every day we're finding, oh, there's Wilson. There's Right. I mean, it used to be one of the rules of the NFL. If you had a franchise quarterback, you did not trade him. And now it's like, they're like NBA players, king pieces. You're moving around the chessboard. It's insane. And And especially wide receivers too. It's crazy, dude, because I have a hard time. Like, I'm trying to pay attention. He's like, oh, my gosh, all these things are happening, but I'm so focused on college basketball. I can't – I'll worry about this in two weeks. I'll see what happened. I mean, I'll see the big moves on ESPN, but it has been a crazy time. Yeah. Uh, and I disagree. I mean, the tournament's just the – this is the greatest I, – I hear what you say about the regular season, but this is the greatest sporting event that we have. March Madness is as good as it gets, I think. And, I mean, the St. Peter's thing shows you it's the only sport where you can really have a true upset. I mean, even in the college football playoffs, in the NFL playoffs, like all the other playoffs, you can't really have a true upset because you don't have the 60, 68th best team playing the number one overall. Right. That's and, fair. And, and they're not even the 68th best team, right? Because they're an automatic qualifier for some terrible conference. They're probably <laughs> close to the 200th best team. So yeah. I, I think that's great. It's been a great tournament. I, I like Texas Tech to win it all. Um, I actually like Texas okay. Tech versus Nova in the championship. I think defense okay. wins in the tournament. I think coaches win in the tournament. And I love both those teams. They're both kind of long shots compared to the other ones. Everyone's kind of thinking Gonzaga is going to win, but uh, I think Texas Tech beats them next round. So we'll see okay. what happens. It's been great. That means also, that means Coach K's final season ends tonight in the game, right? Yeah, yep. tonight. Yeah. Tonight's a Texas Tech. That's kind of, and, and interesting, Texas Tech's actually a one point favorite. So I mean, other people think cool. they have a shot to beat Duke tonight. And Duke's been just inconsistent all year. And, you know, Coach K was lucky to get out of last round, to be honest. Right. Um, so let's move on to the last topic. Uh, we do this every once in a while. If there's any new shows you've been watching, I just started watching Righteous Gemstones, which is Danny McBride. Fantastic. It's kind of about, have you ever heard of the show? I've heard of it, but I don't, Kristen, I think mentioned it once that she started watching it or something like that. Oh, it's good. So it's Kenny Powers, otherwise known as that, but he, but it's kind of a cult, like, you know, Christian, uh, faith that he they basically take money it's very very funny a lot of good actors actresses in it. i've been very impressed with how i I've, I've been laughing a lot on that and it took me a while to start it but it was it's been well worth it. i'm done season one so i'm excited season two is now on hbo max um so what show have you like recently started watching it doesn't have to be a new show but something that you yeah. like a lot more than you maybe thought you would 
Yeah, so uh, I've been watching, I know it finished a couple of years ago, but I finally got around to watching it was Mr. Robot. So that's animated? I, no, it is not. It's okay. got um, Rami Malik, I think is how you say his name. So the bad guy from the most recent Bond movie. Um, so he's the main actor in it. And I got into it because I thought it'd be kind of an interesting, unique, like he's a, he's a hacktivist. If you've never heard of that term, like he's a hacker, but does it for like, not just uh, to scam people or take their money or whatever, but he does it for like a cause. Like anonymous kind of is supposed to be. Is that kind right, of exactly? Idea? Yes. So that's what he is, is, is a hacktivist. And so he basically tries to take down uh, greedy corporation, this greedy corporation, which is kind of like synonymous for all greedy capitalist interests, but also in how this capitalist works with like big government and China essentially to like screw everybody over and he tries to take them down. But I, so I, I liked the idea and the concept of that. Um, but it's also very much about his like mental health state and so I, I don't think i'll be giving too much away if, if you haven't watched it but he has like a split personality essentially where he almost has two lives that he's living um and so kristen really likes it too because she's a psychologist and so watching all of that the whole mental health aspect of it and so he kind of forgets half the stuff he does and so he like sets in like in motion these plans and then doesn't even realize that he did it. So you have to deal with that. So it's been interesting. I'm on the final season. Uh, I think I've got like four episodes left. So I've really enjoyed that. And it, it's been fun. Season two was really slow, but the rest has been really good. I've, I've liked it. So if you kind of like dark, kind of slow paced suspense, drama building stuff, it's, it's a good show for that. I just looked at, I confused it with Robot Chicken. I guess that is a <laughs> animated show. So that's what I thought. And also, Very different, I, I'm don't sure. know, I don't know how you and your wife are, but I always find it good when you like the same shows because that's not always the case. So when you can get into yeah. the same shows for different reasons, like you could actually watch a show and like it rather than watching, you know, I like trash TV. So me and my wife have a lot more in common <laughs> TV wise. But like sometimes it's hard to find something you both really like equally. Right. And because and then the other problem is too, it's like you want to do other things and it's really hard for like, okay, hey, I need an hour by myself to just watch a TV show that you don't want to be, you know, watch at all. And then we'll find another hour to like trade off. Right. Like, yeah. so it's really hard if you don't like shows together. So I totally see what you're saying. Well, that's good. So I, or I, I wrote, no, Mr. Robot. Mr. I wrote about something else. There's so many robot things. I, yeah. I, I, I thank you so much, Ron, for joining us. I had a great time talking to you. Uh, go pack. And, and hopefully we see our, our Nova Texas tech finals that we are looking for. That'd be fun. Go pack, go and just get rid of that ugly hat and I'm happy to do it again. <laughs> well, okay, well, we'll see you next week on Decaf.